Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 28, Record-Breaking Week with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app. Smitty has some information about how you can sign up for ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, you can watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up on InsideTheRink.com. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to sign up right on our website there. I have ESPN Plus. I love all the out-of-market hockey games, college sports, and much, much more. And soon, NHL playoffs will be right on there. So sign up now. Use uh, Go over to our website, InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to sign up today. Yeah, if you want to get those other matchups, other than the Bruins and uh, Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. uh, you can get some right there on ESPN Plus and download the Inside the Rink YouTube page, or don't download it, go right to it and subscribe to it, uh, and you can get these very episodes right on the YouTube page at Inside the Rink. Um, all right, so here we are. We can review. And the Bruins finish out the regular season April the 6th versus Toronto. A 2-1 to win in overtime was a great start for the Bruins in the first, but they can't push one across. The Bees carried the play in the second period. The Leafs carried the play, and Lafferty gets one to put the Leafs up 1-0. Bruins push in the third, and Coyle ties on a nice shot after a great keep-in by Brandon Carlo at the line. Swayman was really good down the stretch, especially with a couple of huge stops on Austin Matthews. We head to overtime, and Brad Marchand gets hooked. The Bees go to the power play, and Pasternak scores on a one-timer bomb just after the power play expires. That was his 57th of the year at the time. Coyle with a goal and an assist. The Bruins' 61st win at that point. Biggest concern was McAvoy, who collided with Bergeron and did not return, but it ended up being precautionary. Yeah, it was a nice win. Uh, this was back when, you know, uh, trying to make a statement there against Toronto, you know, possible playoff opponent that they could see down the line. And it felt like a playoff game. You know, it was uh, kind of a back and forth thing. The Bruins carried the play. Then Toronto carried the play. You know, the Bruins respond. And, and as they've done all year, they find a way to win late and, uh, you know, take one uh, in overtime. Great uh, third period team all season long. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, they're against Toronto. Uh, April the 8th versus the Devils, another uh, potential future opponent in the playoffs. A 2-1 to win for Boston. Taylor Hall returns for his first game in over a month. And off to a great start. The Bruins had their legs early, jumped on the Devils, and the Bruins get on the board first when Zaka tops home, uh, tips home a uh, Lindholm shot. Later, Zaka scores again as Pasternak's one-timer is wide and Zaka shovels home the rebound off the backboards. Two goals against his former team. Jersey gets one back on a great pass from Jack Hughes to a streaking Jesper Bratt for the breakaway goal. 22 shots in the first for Boston. Uh, most in any period they've had all season long. Zaka gets his 19th and 20th goals. The fifth Bruin with 20 goals on the season. Both goalies with some really great saves in this one. Linus Allmark with a breakaway save on Hughes, then stops the rebound on Hughes, and a third bra- uh, shot by Sharon Govich. Uh, Blackwood stops Pasta on a breakaway and his rebound chance. Bruins lock it down in the third as they have much of the year. A few big hits towards the end of the game as Marchand hits McLeod. And Timo Meyer takes a little bit of a liberty on Pasternak as the whistle blows. 
And these teams don't really like each other, and the hatred is kind of growing. Could make for a really interesting playoff matchup if it happens. Bruins tied the NHL record at the time for wins in a season with 62. Yeah, it was a really nice, uh, a really good game overall. Again, it felt like a playoff game. Um, both teams wanted to send a message, you know, some hits and, and uh, you know, kind of a tight checking playoff type game is what you're going to see uh, in the playoffs. And, and the Bruins, again, find a way to win, uh, you know, a tight, close game as they kind of uh, lock down the Devils in the third period. The Devils really didn't have many chances in the third at all. The Bruins uh, really uh, carried the play and, and were really solid in the defensive zone. So, uh, you know, a sign of hopefully good things to come in the playoffs. And then a back-to-back on the Sunday, April the 9th at the Flyers, a 5-3 to win, and history is made. It's win number 63 on the season for Boston. David Pasternak with goals 58, 59, and 60. He gets the hat trick, second Bruins player ever to get 60 in a season. Phyllis Pizzito did it four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi's passing really stood out in this one. Give the Flyers credit, though. I thought they really played hard, and they continue to play hard for for, tor- for Torts. And uh, Boston wins again, and it's been quite a season, obviously. Yeah, a pretty pretty amazing uh, season. Uh, they break the record. Uh, Pasenak could have had 10 goals in this game. Oh my I mean, I mean he, he had one taken away on a goalie interference play on Clifton that I didn't think was goalie interference. But, it, you know, again, as we've said uh, all year long, the league loves taking goals away. Oh, Clifton did everything he could to not hit yeah. the goalie. I, I, I just, whatever. So he could have had that one. So they could have had four. Then he rung a crossbar. I think he had another chance uh, in tight where he had, uh, you know, two or three other really, really good scoring chances. Uh, so, you know, he could have had uh, five or six in this one fairly easily, but he, he gets the hat trick and, and gets him to 60. So, uh, yeah, a couple of milestones in this game. And, and uh, you know, again, a nice win on the road against the Flyers team that is playing hard for torts, uh, you know, even though uh, it's the end of the season for them. Yeah, and it, you really began to see, and it really stood out, the chemistry between Pasternak and Bertuzzi. Uh, and Bertuzzi setting up Pasternak whenever he can, and uh, really a nice little, uh, <laughs> a nice little pairing that people are starting to say what they'd like to see beyond this season. Um, April eleventh versus Washington, uh, the Capitals a shell of their former self. It's a five to two win for Boston. The seventh player award goes to Pavel Zaka, well deserved. Marshan finally gets the monkey off his back. What a great play from Pasternak. Uh, great pass. First goal in 17 games. A three-point night for Marshan. Hopefully that gets him going a little bit just in time for the playoffs. A couple of play- power play goals. Also nice to see before the playoffs start. History gets made again. They pass the 76-77 Montreal Canadiens for most points ever in a season. Well, that's uh, that's nice. That's just yeah, something that you can lord. Yeah, yeah, you can just lord that over the Canadians fans, yeah. and they'll and they'll come back with you know we did it in eighty games and they only had eight losses and all that. But they're gonna have to explain that. They're gonna have to say yeah. you know all those little little picadillos, little things. Yeah. They're gonna have to you know describe you know oh you know we did it like this and that. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's all well and good. But in but in the end, the Bruins had more points in the season than you did. Uh, it's really nice when you see the Bruins name go above the Canadians name and stuff like oh, that. Boy. Really nice. Really nice yeah. to see. Uh, so whenever you can uh, best the Canadians and especially some of those uh, 70s teams that uh, really put it on the Bruins, uh, it's nice to see that happen. So, uh, you know, congratulations to the Bruins for, for the record. And, and Marcian getting the monkey off his back, I think, is big 
going into the playoffs just to give him a little bit of confidence, get things going in the right direction for him because they're going to need him if they want to uh, go deep. They they are, and, and he's been, you know, really kind of pressing and trying to make plays that aren't there, and he hasn't really been great the last six weeks or so anyway. I don't know, I'm guessing, but uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of trying to make plays that aren't there, trying to make passes that aren't there, uh, and you can really see him kind of pressing. So to get a, a you know, relatively easy goal set up nicely um, on the side there for the quick one-timer. It was, it was a nice goal for him to have, and hopefully that kind of turns, starts to turn things for him. Uh, and then uh, tonight, April 13th at Montreal, end of the regular season, fitting that it's at Montreal, a 5-4 to four win. This was kind of a beer league game, if you've ever seen one. A lot of goals, sloppy defense, a bad decision here or there. No, no one cares all that much. And then all of a sudden there's a fight, and A.J. Greer will fight anybody on the yep. street. Uh, and then it was some bad blood. Uh, bees find a way to win a game that really they, you know, they probably shouldn't have won or should have no, won. No, they should have. They, that's, that's the point. They should have won it. I mean, they're, they're playing a team that's terrible. So, they, oh, I mean, right. they've, yeah. they they should have won this game, and it should have been sure. probably easier than it was. But, you know, a lot of sloppiness from both sides, and, uh, and you know, now the now the real test begins. It, it does begin on April the 17th, Monday night, at home against the Florida Panthers in Game 1. All right, seven serves brought to you by Lops Brewing, Lobster Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lobsbrewing.com and follow them at Lops Brewing on social media for new beers and events. Chirp number one. Charlie McAvoy left the game against Toronto. Krejci has missed some games recently, but with the improved depth, would anyone be really severely missed? Who are the top five most indispensable players now? Um, anyone be severely missed? I, I would say, you know, the goaltenders, number one. Yeah, both. Yeah. Both. Uh, so, you know, you can put both of those guys on the list. Pasternak, just because he has head and shoulders, uh, you know, more goals, double the amount of goals, really, than anyone else on the team. So um, I think he, he's probably next. And then I think you got to go, you know, any combination of Lindholm and McAvoy. I, think, I don't think you can lose them for long stretches. Uh, and maybe maybe even, and, and then obviously Bergeron. I don't think you can lose Bergeron. Because uh, he's so reliable in, in all all zones and and so forth, uh, so that's probably five. Is it six? Did I give six or five? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's five ish. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, six, I think. Yeah, both goalies: yeah. uh, Pasternak, Bergeron, McAvoy, Lindholm. Yeah, yeah. six. Um, yeah, I'm probably right in there with you. It, you know what? Three months ago, I probably would have said David Krejci might be just because. He balances it out, second line center. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I was kind of looking at the roster when people were saying, would he be ready for game one and so forth, and I put together a lineup that, you know, now with Tyler Bertuzzi and, and yeah. some of the additions you've made, I, I don't know if you'd miss him as much. I don't think he will because I think since uh, Zaka yeah, I mean Zaka really is filled in admirably in that spot. I think that bodes really well for the Bruins, you know, going forward because uh, you have them signed to an extension now. So, you know, it, you could be looking, um, you know, if you needed to at Bertuzzi, Pasternak, Zaka on the second line, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and they didn't really seem to, to skip a beat. And then you have, you know, Hall, Coyle, and Frederick on the third line. And then, you know, Nosek, Hathaway, Foligno on the fourth line. So, I mean, you have 
the uh, a lot of options now. Um, when everybody's healthy, there's going to be some guys sitting out of the lineup that probably should be in the lineup. I mean, mm-hmm. so um, you know, it's a good problem to have. Uh, I wouldn't want to really make the decision. Um, you know, being uh, being the coaching staff there, but uh, you know, it's a good problem to have. You know, the playoffs are a grind, so. You know, if you get some injuries, you you should have the depth to be able to withstand those. Yeah, it definitely opens you up for a lot of second guessing. If if a guy goes in, doesn't play well, you lose a game or two, and then you're kind of scrambling. And mm-hmm. did you play the right guy? And you know, there, there's not a ton of separation in the bottom six between six or seven guys. Like it, so it's it's really hard to to pinpoint. Uh, you know, if Felino coming back is 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 a really is there really room for Foligno anymore? Do you go with a guy who can skate a little bit better, like a Lauko or someone? I mean, do you do you go with a Foligno? Who I it's a it's a really tough one, and I would almost say if I'm the Bruins, like if he was thinking of coming back ne- next year, I I don't know if I'd I don't know if it would be time to move on from Krejci or to have that discussion with him. I don't know if we you know with our salary cap situation and all these things. If I'm Bru- if I'm the Bruins organization, maybe I say you know what. You know, I don't know if there's any room for you if we keep Zaka. Maybe we want to keep Bertuzzi. You know, maybe we want to keep Orlov. Or, um, they should want to. <laughs> they they should. should want and to. I, and I don't, so what I'm saying is I think Krejci becomes, you know, expendable. You know, he becomes a guy that maybe they don't bring back, if, even if he wanted to come back. So that's a yeah. decision. I, I, I think that with Bertuzzi and with Z- the emergence of Zaka, I think you can really move on. And I and I would try whatever I could to keep Bertuzzi, and we'll talk about it a little later. But I yeah. I would, um, and we'll talk about it right now because trip number two, would you trade Taylor Hall if you had to in order to sign Tyler Bertuzzi? That's a that's a really tough one because I think they're they're kind of different players, um, and uh, they do kind of different things. You know, Hall's more of a speed guy, Bertuzzi's more of a net front guy. So it's really kind of what your team needs. Um, but also you're um, looking at their age and so forth, what kind of contract you could sign Bertuzzi to. Is he going to take a Hall deal? Is he going to take a deal that's, you know, six times six, um, you know, to, to stay? So, I mean, if it's up to me, I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to sign Bertuzzi. I want him to be a part of the, to be a part of the team long term. I think he fits uh, the Bruins really well. I think he fits the city well. He's a much, much, much better passer than than I uh, than I have ever given him credit for. Um, he's a much better playmaker than I give him credit for. And then he does he does some of the dirty work. He's not afraid to throw his weight around. I looked it up. Him and Hall are both the same size, and Hall is actually about fifteen pounds heavier than Bertuzzi is. Wow. Which which I wouldn't have said at all. Um, right. Which I wouldn't have thought with the way they both play but Bertuzzi kind of throws his body around in there he's all over the place he's he's uh you know getting to the dirty areas so uh up to me I'm doing whatever I can to to keep Bertuzzi on the team I am too and you know Taylor Hall's a tough one because he's been a good Bruin I think he's been you know probably as good as people hoped he'd be but you know, when you really look at his numbers, it's not jump off the page material. So, and, and Bertuzzi scored 30 in the past mm-hmm. uh, when he's been healthy. 
Um, and it's not like Terrell Hall is a 35-40 goal guy that you have to really you know assume that that worth uh, from if you, if you lose him. Um, but again, today, like tonight, he he just blows by someone on the left wing and gets in front of the net for a scoring chance. Like his skating is just incredible. Like it's just yeah, powerful. It like, is. It's incredible. But there's times when I really question whether he can really finish or if he can really make like the last stick handle move to create a play sometimes. Sometimes it's this, he loses the puck off his stick. Maybe he's skating too fast for himself. <laughs> I mean, it could be. And that, it's uh, and sometimes he doesn't quite have the finish that that you would hope he would as a number one overall pick. I would I would try. Here's the other thing about Pertuzzi. I don't think he has a lot of leverage just because he lo- missed a lot of time. The numbers really aren't there because of the time missed. So I don't mm-hmm. know if he could really demand like a huge con- contract with a lot of length, especially with many teams up against the salary cap. So yeah. I don't know if this is a time where, yeah, you know what? We might be able to convince you know Tyler Pertuzzi to even take a shorter deal, bridgey type deal, and say, hey, here's your chance to really put together some big numbers and go for your next big one. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe you convince him. Maybe you convince him to take like a Jake DeBrus type deal where he goes, you know, two years, eight million or something like that, and, and say like in a couple of years, um, the salary cap's going to go up. You know, we'd love to resign you here. Uh, you know, if things work out, or you know, you you cash in somewhere else for for a big deal. You know, down the line. So um, yeah, maybe that's something that the Bruins could talk him into. I mean, I think he likes playing here. He seems to have a chemistry with Pasternak um, and, and some of the guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm all in on him. I, I really would love for them to to keep him around. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a, he's a Bruin type of player, too. I think he's gonna, he's a quick fan favorite. Absolutely. Like, he's got a little bit of his father in him. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a pesky, mm-hmm. pesty, you know, he'll, he'll scrap with you kind of guy. I mean, I just like the personality he brings, too. Yeah. Uh, trip three. Thomas Nosek went five, 15 for 16 on Facebooks in a, yeah, Facebooks in the face-offs <laughs> in a game recently. 93.8%. It's the third best night by any Bruin, minimum of 15 face-offs, since the league began tracking face-offs in 1997-98. Only two better nights from a Bruin since that time. Patrice Bergeron, 17 for 17. <laughs> That's ridiculous. April 4th, 2017. And Brian Ralston. Had 17 for 18, April 9th, 2002. So Nosek uh, would pretty much have a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you, you just can't take him yeah. out of the fourth line role. Like he's he's there in the fourth line because he because he is so good on the faceoff dot. He does, and he's and he's and he seemed to develop a little bit of a of a chemistry with Hathaway. They had a beautiful give and go goal the other night. Nosek scored a goal the other. He had a two point night the other the other day. Um, so you know. Him on the fourth line with Hathaway, they got a little something going. I could see that line being sneaky good for the Bruins mm-hmm. in the postseason. If you throw, you know, Frederick probably will be on there, or Felino, one of those guys, I'm assuming, will be on that fourth line left wing uh, with those two guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that line could be sneaky good for the Bruins come the, come the postseason. It could. And look, fourth lines will play 10 or 12 minutes. They're not going to play 25 minutes. Like, no. So they, they have to play their role, uh, play their 10 or 12 minutes, you know, have their effect on the game, uh, not give up goals. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Uh, Nosek also kills penalties very yep. well. So I think that um, you're right. I think it could be a Merlot type of 
situation where their fourth line really is a difference maker uh, in the playoffs. Um, and in uh, chirp number four, seventh player award results, Pavel Zaka wins it, 21 goals, 26 assists, 57 points, a plus 28. Uh, 21 more points than his previous career high. Yeah, I mean, had had a hell of a season. I mean, everybody was expecting him to be pretty good, to be, um, you know, a much more dynamic player than Eric Hall is. Um, but, um, you know, he's younger, he's bigger, he's faster. Um, you know, he was a top, what, top seven, top eight pick in the league for a reason. I mean, he has uh, a lot of skill, uh, size, you know, some speed. He has really great uh, hockey sense. He makes a lot of little plays that we were noticing early on uh, when he came uh, over to the Bruins. And and it wasn't even that he was getting points out of those plays. He was just making little small passes and plays uh, to get guys open, to get pucks out of the zone. Does a lot of little things really well. Uh, and, and he's just coming into his own now. I think he's, you know, especially if he, if he ends up on a line with Pasternak and the two of those guys can continue to develop some chemistry here for the next three, four, five years. Um, you know, I think you're going to see his point totals continue to uh, rise. Sure. Uh, and that was a correction, 36 assists, not 26. So Sacco was uh, terrific, terrific all year and probably even better than, than Don Sweeney and the organization thought he'd be this year. Yeah. I mean, he almost had 60 points. Um, and again, he's, he was a sixth pick in the draft, so he has the talent. Uh, he's a good 200-foot hockey player. He has good hockey IQ, um, and I think he can f- sit right in there in, in the second-line center role for them uh, coming up uh, probably as, ne- as uh, early as next year. Uh, chirp number five, former NHL referee Dave Jackson spoke candidly about Toronto Maple Leafs forward Michael Bunting needing to repair his reputation. Jackson said referees hate to be duped when they get duped more than once by the same player, then they're resistant to sometimes make a call. If you are duped and you, and you see the something that's not clear cut, you would rather miss a call than be told you're wrong. That's the player that creates the narrative, not the referee. Your thoughts. Uh, I mean, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, something we've always known but was never spoken out loud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Essentially. I, that, you know, when the guy, when guys dive or when they flap their head <laughs> yeah. back or all these things, and, and then the referee looks at it later on and they're going to look. They're going to look at the penalties they call during a game and they're going to see, oh, geez, that stick didn't even come close to that guy's mm-hmm. face. Or, you know, he flew down like he was killed and he was barely brushed by somebody, you know? It, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You cry wolf enough times when you get shot for real. No one's gonna. No one's. No one cares. No one's gonna be there to pick you up and and bandage you up. You know. So you you keep uh, flopping down for all these things, trying to get calls. Sometimes someone's gonna really hit you in the mouth and knock your teeth out, and the referee's gonna be like, "Well, sorry, uh, you know, I thought you were faking it again." Mm. So, but I think here's here's the line that jumps out to me: "You would rather miss a call than be told you're wrong." So that makes it all make sense. <laughs> yeah. All the calls that are missed, the referee in the back of his head is saying, I'd rather miss it than be wrong about it. Yeah. I mean, that oh. work, that work, I mean, that worries me a little bit. It does. It does. <laughs> that worries it me does. a little bit. 
um, just because, you know, like, Jesus, you know, how did he miss that? Well, he missed it because he didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, and and there's like some egregious ones where you're like, you know, just call it and then you can fucking review. I mean, I hate review, but just call it and you can review it if you really need to, you know, whether it's an offside or not an offside or, you know, say a a puck that goes into the fucking crowd in a Stanley Cup finals game and no one fucking says anything. And then the other team scores. Right. You know, maybe be like, oh yeah, I think that went in the crowd. Maybe I should blow my fucking whistle. Yeah, yeah, blow the whistle, hit the horn, do something. <laughs> Wave your flag, something. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, or or if Noel Achari gets tripped blatantly, you know, you think, whoa, what, what, was that a trip? Yeah, yeah, it was. Just, just blow it. Yeah. Just, yeah, because he doesn't go down like that on his back, on his own. Uh, chirp number six, Scott Wheeler of The Athletic does his prospect deep dive. The Bruins are 30th, but there's optimism. Here is his uh, quote. The Bruins have a handful of quality prospects at multiple positions, but their pool lacks just a little by way of high-end talent at the top and a little more by way of depth relative to the rest of the league. I've got a lot of time for some of what they do have and in intrigue and some of the rest. They've got at least a couple of guys with untapped potential in the right development plan as well. So there's reason for optimism after some lean years within the pool. Well, I like the sound of that, I'll yeah. tell you. I mean, yeah. it's still, you know, towards the bottom, but they did have a lot of lean years. But it seems to be, it seems to be getting better lately. Mm. So, you know, maybe their scouting staff has figured something out. But, you know, mm. you see some guys like, you know, Lowry and Poitras and Harrison and Brunei. And some of these guys that they've taken, especially some of the lower round guys, Brunei in mm. particular, is a fifth round pick who was lighting it up in right. uh, what is it, Co- Quebec League or the OH? Yeah, Ramuski. Ramuski of the Quebec League. Yeah, yeah so. And Victoriaville, too. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems like they maybe are, are starting to hit on some of these picks. Uh, you know, Poitras was, uh, you know, second, I believe, in the league in assists or... Uh, 79. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they have some have some guys there with some skill and talent. And I'll tell you what, uh, a lot of them, because their junior teams uh, are out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, have, uh, have gone to Providence for uh, amateur tryouts to uh, play with the Providence Bruins during their um, Calder Cup run. So if you have any interest in checking out Bruins prospects, you can go down to Providence. It's a great take. You can go down there and you can watch some of the Bruins prospects uh, play in the playoffs. Yeah, you can. And they have, uh, you know, it's low rye and uh, I think Poitras is going to get there. And yeah, Harrison's there now. Harrison's there uh, now and, and Brunei. Yeah, Brunei's coming, um, yeah. And then I heard that Jonathan Myrenberg is going to be showing up soon, mm-hmm. who was part of the Jacksonica trade, uh, and a guy that was was toward the top of a really depleted defenseman prospect pool for Vancouver, and is now like I was kind of surprised that he would be, you know, added to Providence right now, uh, which is a good sign. He's a he's a big kid who actually has some potential is improving so. I think, you know, Dan Zlock-Mellis is another guy. He's going mm-hmm. to UMass. Mm-hmm. He, he's a fourth-round pick. Um, oh, Trevor Kuntar went for, from Kuntar. BC. Yep. Yeah, BC. Yeah, he's, yeah BC. Uh, he's, he's with Providence. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- it seemed like this year there were like 10 prospects probably that really improved and really, you know, put up some really good numbers 
this season. And it's and that's really and there should be some signs of optimism there because I think that um as bad as it was and as depleted as it was, and we're not even talking about Fabian Lysel. Yeah. Like these are all other guys in Lysel and Merkulov. He had, had, had a pretty good year. Merkulov had a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, these there's these other guys, like you said, later round picks and um you know, there's 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 a, a really good amount there, and hopefully they can use them as assets so they can they can come up and take some spots for the next couple three years. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, I think it's they're still at thirty, which I don't necessarily disagree with because I I don't think they've taken a big and he's talked about depth and he talked about high end talent, which they they don't really have like a you know a high end top five pick hanging around the minor leagues, but they do have a lot of you know, really good prospects, really good players um, that are really coming into their own. Uh, all right, Chirp 7, is this season all for naught if the Bruins don't win the Cup? Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I mean, in agreement with that. So it's been an incredible ride, an incredible run. It's something that uh, will always be there. They'll always be in the record books. But you don't want to be in the record books as the team was like, oh, yeah, that team set the points record but then didn't win when it really counted. So, yeah, it'll be fun down the line to be like, oh, yeah, remember that regular season? That was amazing. They they just blew doors on everybody, 65 wins, you know, 135 points. Um, neither one of those things will probably be equaled for a long time. I mean, it's just an unbelievable, unbelievable year. But then... To not win it after having that kind of a season is really a you know leave a bad taste in your mouth. Uh, so yeah, I mean I think it is all for naught if they if they don't win. You know it'll it it, it it's been a fun ride, but it's going to be really really disappointing if they can't uh, pull it off in the end. I think it's going to be a another notch in the belt of uh, Bruins years past if they don't win it. I think there'll be a lot of people out there to say that they, they choked again, they get you there, they don't win. Uh, and this year would be that times 10, be magnified. Um, and, I, and I think that if you win 65 games and you're blowing teams away and you're plus 130 and you're, uh, you only lost 12 games in regulation all year long, um, I just think it's this team should be head and shoulders. Um, and it would be really high. Like Tampa Bay was 2018-19, 62, 62 wins. And they lose that series at Columbus like they got destroyed, mm-hmm. they got embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but that's Tampa Bay. Like in Boston would be that times 10. Like they would, the Bruins would get hammered on it, especially after 2019 when they should have probably won the cup. Yeah. They had the game seven at home. They were better than the Blues. Yeah. You know, they were favored to beat the Blues. Yeah. They didn't. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it would be a complete disappointment and failure if they don't win. Um, and it would take away a lot of the, a lot of what they accomplished this year, uh, especially if they were losing the first or second round. Uh, maybe not so much if they lose like late in the game seven of the Stanley Cup finals again or something. Maybe it's not as bad, but <laughs> I don't know. If they, if I don't they know. lose before that, it's like, it's, it would be bad. Like it wouldn't be gr- good. No, it wouldn't be good. I don't know <laughs> if I could. I don't know if I could take them losing in the game right. seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Another, 
that would be game six and 13, game seven and 19. And then this season here with this team, I mean, that would be three times that they could have won three more mm-hmm. uh, and only have one. And it would, it would not be good. It, w- it would just not be good. And I know that there's people, there's sports radio talk show hosts and, and things that say that this team isn't dynastic or they're not even close to being uh, considered one of the better teams in the last 10, 20 years because they don't win and they only won one. And a lot of guys have only won one, but not a lot of guys have won two. So I know that some people already grade those players for only winning one when they could have won more. So this one would be even even worse. Make it even worse. It yeah. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more. With one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. All right, beauties and benders and the beauties for this week. Just one, and it's every damn guy that's put on the spoke bee this year. Special I love you, eh? They're going to be <laughs> loving you from dawn until dusk. All, all of you, the whole lot of you. All of you. You're all beauties. I mean, setting that record, it's a hell of a regular season. Uh, they deserve all the accolades. Um, I, saw, I saw somebody uh, tweet out something about Connor, Connor Clifton today, who obviously uh, last year was a, was a whipping boy for us. He has 23 points on the season this year. He had 20 points in his four previous seasons combined. Wow. So have a year, wow. Connor Clifton. Earn yourself some money. I mean, uh, that's just one example of a bunch of guys who had career years. Zaka had a career year, obviously Pasternak with the career year. Um, you know, uh, my bold prediction going into the season was eight guys with 20 or more goals. They had, I believe, 11 guys with 10 or more. And they did have five guys with, with 20 or more. And then they had a couple other guys with 17. Uh, Frederick and Coyle both had 17. Uh, so, you know, they weren't that far off from, uh, from getting up to my, uh, my bold prediction. So uh, great season overall by the guys. And uh, hopefully they can continue that on into the playoffs. Absolutely. Did I did I read it right? That was was Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, plus fifty. Plus fifty. Plus and he's 50. and and he and he's probably not going to get any consideration for the Norris Trophy, yeah. which which boggles my mind. I saw I saw another stat uh, somebody posted for uh, on ice goals against five on five. Eric Carlson was on ice for hundred and twelve goals against five on five. Wow. Uh, Hampus Lindholm forty one. And Charlie McAvoy, 37. Can you, That's can, incredible. It is. It, it really is. 75 less goals for McAvoy than Carlson. Yeah. I That's mean, Hampus Lindholm, 
uh, I mean, McAvoy only, you know, he played less right, games because the in, because of the injury. But year. yeah, Lindholm played the whole. I think he was one of uh, two or three guys on the team to play all eighty-two, and yeah. he, forty-one goals against in eighty-two That's games incredible. when he was on the ice, and plus fifty, and he had fifty, you know, three or four 50, points. 50, yeah, I mean, and he's points. playing twenty-four, yeah. twenty-five minutes a night. He plays yeah. penalty kill. Yeah. Um, you know, so he should be in the consideration. He should be. He won't get any, but he absolutely right. should be in the conversation because he had a phenomenal year, especially early on. He carried that defense single-handedly while McAvoy was out. He did. I mean, he, he absolutely should be in the consideration for it just because he's just been such, a, like you said, a two-way defenseman. Yeah. Like he's shut down. And he's offensively he had ten goals. Yeah, I did. Like he, like he, like for God's sakes, like and it, when McAvoy was out, like you said, he was like the hammer out there. Like yeah, he was. He was. He, was, just, he had a know? phenomenal season. Phenomenal yeah. season. He he really did, and and it's too bad that it's become like an offensive. Like for Eric Carlson to get more consideration than him is look. He had a hundred points. Great. He's also on a team that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, and and he gave up. Just as much as he got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was a minus. He was a minus player with a hundred points. Like yeah. I, I get it. He minus had a ton of e- with hundred points. He had a ton of he had a ton of even strength points. I I understand all that, but he also he didn't have to play defense. The team no. stunk, so no. he could take all the offensive chances he wanted because no. it didn't matter if the puck ended up in his net or not. No. They weren't playing for anything, so it didn't matter. He could do whatever he wanted offensively, take chances, whatever, because it didn't matter if the puck went in his net because his team was fucking terrible. Right. If it's the top defenseman in the league, I, I would argue to the cows come home that someone like Lindholm is much more valuable than Carlson and should be considered over him. I mean, that's just it's, it's a defenseman award. Uh, it's not a left wing award. Um, <laughs> So there you have it. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Uh, that's, you know, could be some some uh, some home cooking there. Jesus, but We should add a fourth bender, Eric Carlson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll add him in right now. Here we go. Uh, all right. So for the benders, here we go. Number four, Eric Carlson. <laughs> uh, he's going to win the Norris Trophy. He, he was only the fifth defenseman in history, I believe, to score 100 points in a season. Yeah. So congratulations on the milestone. I mean, yeah. for God's sakes, Roman Yoshi had 96 points last year and didn't win it. Didn't so win. Carlson shouldn't win it just because he had four more points than Yoshi did. Because uh, no. Yoshi is a much better overall defenseman than Carlson is, in my opinion. Yeah. So if you wanted to give it to someone even this year, give it to him instead of Carlson. Right. Uh, but but whatever, right. it's fine. He's on the list. He's been there number four. Uh, now we'll get into the real guys. Better number three, Timo Meyer. Kind of a douchey hit on Pasternak there at the end of the at the end of the Devils game. Yeah, wasn't it a slew foot? Uh, it it certainly looked like a slew foot. He kind of he came in with his left skate and kind of kicked at Pasternak's skate and 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 kind of tumbled him over there. So it looked like it to me. I mean, people could argue, oh, uh, you know, from a different angle, it didn't look like it. I thought it, I thought it was. There was about 0.5 seconds on the clock. They knew they were going to lose. So it's it's a it's a totally unnecessary douchey play by a douchey guy. Uh, so uh, you know. Whatever. Kostanak was ready to throw down. Like he was. Pissed. Yeah, he was pissed, and with good reason. I mean, it's at yeah. the end of a game. You kind of let up. You yeah. know, you go into the corner. He, he threw the puck out front, and then you know the game usually ends. Like a guy will come over and maybe give you a bump or whatever, but he's not finishing yeah. you hard into the boards at the end of a game like that. Uh, so it was kind of a kind of a douchey play by Maya there, and and uh, you know I didn't I didn't really appreciate it. I don't think no, he don't, uh, Pasanak yeah. or the Bruins did either. No, I don't uh, think so. So we're all in agreement there. 
and Brendan, uh, Bender number two, our good buddy Brendan Gallagher. I'm a Bender. Fuck that guy, always, yeah, always. Yeah, he he comes in, he comes in, yeah. <laughs> comes in tonight. Uh, Swayman clearly has the puck covered, and he's in there digging it, trying to dig it out, and and then uh, you know throws a couple punches at Orlov, and then Orlov responds as he should, uh, and they both go. But you know that's typical Brendan Gallagher. You know the puck's clearly covered, and he's in there digging around. Uh, yeah. You know he spent his uh, he spent his whole career at the front of the net for a little guy. You got to give him credit for that, I suppose. Um, but he's a guy that I've always loved to hate. He's on a team that I love to hate. And, uh, so, you know, it fits, fits perfectly. I'll tell you what, I, I obviously haven't been paying attention for many years, but I didn't realize Dmitry Orlov was such a beast. Yeah. Like, I never really, like, I thought he was a you know, good, good player. Like, yeah. Obviously he's on those Caps teams that, you know, good player, but I never thought he was this type of beast player. I just didn't know it. Yeah. I mean, that it's kind of, it's kind of neat to um, watch some of these guys that have come from other teams that you, you know, you only see them a few times a year. So you don't really see them as much as, as, as you would as if they were on the Bruins and, and there's guys like, you know, Hathaway had a reputation for kind of being, you know, living on the edge and, and taking hits and, and making runs. And, you know, it seemed like whenever the Bruins played the caps, everybody hated Hathaway. Cause it was always, you know, a Bruins guy ended up getting hurt because Hathaway would bury somebody in the corner, uh, you know, and you, and you'd, you know, that's your, uh, you know, what you thought of him was was that right. type of player. That's all you knew of him. Um, but he does so many other things well and, and you know, yes. is responsible defensively and, and you know, has some have pretty good hands and so forth. And then Orlov's the same way. I mean, he's just he's got an unbelievable shot. He's got great hockey IQ. I think the system is, is made for him. He loves yeah. jumping up in the play. He's got a cannon. You know, he scores tonight on a on a short side top shelf, just an absolute ripper of a wrist shot right under the bar. Um, and he's got playoff experience, you know, he won a cup of the caps. So, um, you know, uh, really a great ad by the Bruins there and, and uh, can only help them, you know, down the stretch here. Yeah. And how, you know, half the thing about Hathaway was too, is I think those caps teams knew that they could beat up the Bruins. Yeah. And I think that that was part of the scheme. Like, oh, absolutely. And, and obviously we just think he's a douche Yeah, because he's doing it. But I think that that was the book on the Bruins at the time. Sure. You know, just beat him up and hit him and, and, you know, try to hurt him and, and all that. Yeah. And I think that he played the well, he played that role perfectly, beautifully. Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he was he was a better player, I thought. Yeah, he was just executing what the what the coaches wanted him to do. I mean, that's right. that's the book, you know. Get it in deep on the Bruins D and and pound them, make them turn right. it over, and yeah. and and make them, you know, hear you coming and so forth. Sure. All right, so uh, here we go. Bender number one, the Florida Panthers. Ah, Bender. Let's let the hate begin, shall we? Oh man, Matthew Kachuk is going to be on one. Oh coaches. yeah, en- oh, en- oh, enemy Boston. number one, right? Absolutely. I, I'll tell you who he he will scare the balls off me, and also Sasha Barkov, yeah, uh, who's a very good player. Um, that's a guy that will scare me to death as well. But I think if the Bruins play the way they're capable of, that I think that they win win this series in five, whatever. Yeah, they have. Um, they have, Panthers have some talent. They do. They do. They have talent. They do. And I and honestly, I thought that the Bruins would sweep the Islanders. Everybody's all all bent out of shape about the Islanders. First off, it's not the old, the same Islanders team they lost to in, what is it, 19. Yeah. And it's also not the same Bruins team by a large margin. <laughs> no. So I think I think this is a much different team that plays a much different way. And I think the, I think the Bruins would have, I would say, sweep 
the the Islanders if they had played them. I really yeah, I, th- I I I'm a little more worried about this Florida team honestly than I than I am about the Islanders team. Um, even though you know the Islanders have Sorokin, um, you know I I feel like the Florida can score goals. I mean they they won the President's Trophy last year. I mean let's right. not forget they had a really really good team and they added Matthew Tkachuk to it. So. Um, you know, uh, Carter Vahegi has 42 goals, 42, yeah, 42, uh, San Reinhardt can score. I mean, they have, yeah. you know, Mont- Montour, Montador is, uh, is a good defenseman, um, who's put up yeah. a bunch of points. So they have talent on that team. Um, they showed the, the season series Bruins, Florida two, one and one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's not like we've dominated them. We've scored a bunch of goals. We we're averaging yeah. over four goals a game against us, against them. But they're averaging three, seven, five against us. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we can score and they can score. So I think yeah. the team that defends better is going to win this series. Uh, yeah. So hopefully with the addition of Orlov um, and, you know, Carlo playing a little better and, and so forth that, uh, you know, the Bruins can defend better and, and win the series. And Reinhardt had a good season against the Bruins. He he put up some points yeah. against them. So that's a guy that uh, you have to watch out for too. But yeah, it, they can score, and I think that they're a little bit scarier than the Islanders, for sure. Uh, Bruins Benders power rankings uh, at the end of the regular season here in number seven, Dallas eight and two in their last ten, won five in a row. And number six, Edmonton has won eight in a row, white hot. Uh, one of the best teams, and maybe some people say the best team in the second half of the season, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, number five, Vegas, 6-1-3 and three in their last 10. Uh, Toronto is fourth. They've won four in a row. Uh, the Devils are third, 7-3 and three in their last 10. And number two is Carolina, who ended up with 113 points and a win tonight over Florida. And then uh, Boston, number one for pretty much all the season. A 65, 12, and 5, 135 points, both records, 65 and 135. And they won eight in a row to end the season, a plus 130. They also tied the, uh, the, that 94-95 Red Wings team with 31 road wins, which is the most in NHL history Ooh. as well. Good call. So uh, that's, a, that's a good old stat. Right so, so they postseason. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, ridiculous yeah. what the Jack was. Re- Jack was reading it off like all yeah. the all the things like towards the end of the game, all the things where Bruins yeah. were first and second or whatever, and and it was. It went on for a long, long time. You know, it was getting to the point where it was like, "Come on, Jack! Like, we know the we know the Bruins are a good team. We get it. We understand. You don't have to read every single stat." He's like, "Yeah, the Bruins are first in goal differential in the first period. First in goal differential in the third period." He's like going on and on and on. It's like, "Yes, yes, we understand, Jack. I know you want to get." all the information you can possibly get out to the fans. You want everybody to know how good the team is. But you can just say, look, the Bruins had the greatest single season in NHL history, the single greatest single regular season in NHL history. Lock it up there. Done. Sealed. Done. Good. It, but I'll tell you, nobody likes a monologue better than Jack Edwards. <laughs> no. Nobody soliloquies better than him. Tell you what, yeah. uh, from Gitchy Goomy on down, everybody, he loves to he loves to hear his, he loves to hear his own voice. What was that thing about the Evan Fitzgerald we had one, <laughs> yeah. one time? Like what the hell? Yeah, I mean uh, half the time 
nobody, none of the fans know what he's talking about. Brick certainly doesn't know what he's talking about. And, and he doesn't even know what he's talking about, but man, he loves to hear his own voice and we love him because he's a huge Homer and a, and a, and a great guy. And, and he'll be, uh, he'll be fired up for round one of the playoffs. Uh, cause Nesson will have round one, but after that, uh, you know, hopefully, if the if the Bruins can get through After round that. one, then then it goes to uh, the national broadcasts and so forth. But After uh, that, you're you're moving to the uh, pub down the street. Yeah, I tell you what, forever. you know what I you know I've done the last couple. So I did it for the college basketball tournament, and then I did it for the Bruins game the other day. I signed up for a free trial of YouTube TV to to Boom. get the TNT, and so like now I'm running out of email addresses though because I <laughs> now I have like I have like 14 different email addresses. Oh in, in uh in uh <laughs> in my in my youtube tv account oh, now terrific. but uh yeah i just so keep sending your email addresses yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> whatever whatever you could think of something yeah. with smitty and 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 hockey whatever oh, uh sending send you suggestions <laughs> and we, we can and we can uh, we can make a a new YouTube TV account that will expire in 21 days and I can, nice. uh, and I'll have, uh, and I'll have the, be able to watch the games at home in the comfort nice. of my own home. That's brutal. Yeah. So, uh, good times there, but, uh, mm. yeah. So there we go. Now we're on to, uh, what we're going to the Bruins Benders Bedard tank Palooza, right? <laughs> yes, we are. And we're yes, coming we in at number thirty. The Chicago uh, Blackhawks are number thirty, and they are two and eight in that last ten. And uh, Jonathan Taves played his last game as a Blackhawk tonight. They announced uh, yeah. before the game, and and uh, he's gonna. I think he said he wants to play, so he's gonna uh, play be playing somewhere else. That'll be weird to see him in a in a different well, uniform. Uh, had you know, obviously, you know, two or three, two three cups there, three. Three, three cups. Three cups for the, there. For the Blackhawks. Uh, so, uh, you know, obviously a, a great career in Chicago. And, and uh, you know, it'll be sad for the, for those fans to see him go. Um, but, uh, right, so, yeah. So, one, so, 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 putting you on the spot, where's he go? Taves? Yeah. Um, I could see him going to, jeez. Uh, who need who really needs him? I could see him going to a team like LA. LA, okay. Yeah. LA or or, or Vegas, maybe. Okay. Te- a team like that that could use a little bit of a veteran leader type. You know. Okay. Uh, um I, I mean LA has Kopitar and, and so forth. Um yeah. you know, Vegas, you know, Eichel, yeah, he's not, he hasn't won anything, you know, mm-hmm. Stone, some of those guys, you know, they've been there, but I don't know if they really won. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, those guys could use them. Team like Ottawa could really use them. That might be a good place. Ottawa for them. would be a good, that'd be like a Giroux type of situation. Yeah. That'd be a good call. I, I, I think, I think out of left field, Seattle Kraken. Oh, that's a good call. That's a good mm-hmm. call. That, that team. That could be a team. That, they they absolutely. Yeah. They absolutely yeah. could use them. That's a good call. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, number thirty-one, the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, eight and two in their last ten. They're they're doing it right. You want to yeah. get in on the Bedard speak sweepstakes? Go oh, eight and two in your last ten, and, and just tr- uh, try to lose all the games, mm-hmm. which they're doing. And uh, it'd be nice uh, to for Bedard to end up with Zegras and oh, and man, Troy Terry and Mason McTavish Jesus. and some of those guys, uh, yeah. uh, you know, playing some yeah. offense. So that would be yeah. f- be fun. 
uh, to see. Uh, and then number 32, the Montreal Canadiens have lost four in a row. Uh, and then uh, sinking like a stone. They lost uh, <laughs> lost tonight. I saw a video of Marty St. Louis yes. on Twitter taking a penalty shot and absolutely embarrassing uh, the goalie that was in that. I think he might be the wow. best scorer on the team, he, even he now. Is 100%. Even yeah. now. I think he might be the best player on his team, yeah, and he is a 40-something-year-old coach. Yeah. I am 100% with you on that one. I mean, he's the best player on the team, and he's, you know, 50. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Montreal, just looking at Montreal here. If my, if my, I guess my computer is not going to work. Okay. But uh, they are uh, way down the list of, uh, yeah, that's all frozen, but way down the list on, uh, and they dropped like a stone. They did. As you said, because they were kind of middle of the pack doing okay. Like Marty St. Louis is kind of like changing things there and so forth. And now, I mean, they end up with 68 points on the season, a minus 75. And they are, uh, I think it's Anaheim is 58. So they were 10 points out of last place. They were nine points out of last place in the Eastern Conference. Like, that's poor. Yeah, it it is. It is. I mean, but, you know, they just, they don't have enough talent there. Um, They really don't. Uh, They they lost a bunch of guys. Um, you know, Cofield went out with injury part of the way through right. the season, still ended up tied yeah. to the team leading goals. And he played, yep. you know, half the season basically, mm-hmm. which is, you know, obviously ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, Nick Suzuki, I think tied him for the team leading goals and played like, you know, 20 something more games than, than Cofield yeah. did. So, um, you know, they, they really need to upgrade their talent. And, and, you know, as we said in, in last week's show that, Connor Bedard would really upgrade that talent. It would be kind of fun to, to you know, works. renew the rivalry with, with him going to Montreal. I would hate it and, and probably curse myself for saying this, uh, you know, when he's, when he's, you know, doing things to, to hurt the Bruins uh, down the road. But it would really reignite the rivalry, and I think everybody would like that to, to get this rivalry back up and, and going full speed, have the Canadians be good again, uh, and really have this be a, you know, the the battle that it used to be and and uh kind of rekindle rekindle that thing yeah 100 percent. i'm with you on that uh prospect spotlight now for the bruins brandon bussey and jerji mukulov or kulov uh ahl all rookie team they made it uh, to the all rookie team in the ahl with two terrific seasons providence has two more games coming up this weekend and then they'll be in the uh, ahl playoffs mukulov had an outstanding year as did Bussy. Bussy actually was the backup goaltender tonight against Montreal. And Merkulov really will be vying for and probably getting a roster spot on the Boston Bruins next season, I would imagine. Yeah, I would think he, he'll definitely be in the mix. And if he's not one of, you know, if he doesn't make the team out of camp, I feel like he'll be one of the, you know, first few call-ups, you know, if somebody gets uh, if somebody gets hurt. You know, they're going to have some some serious decisions to make with, you know, some RFA guys and, and, you know, some cap, you know, uh, issues. So, you know, having a guy come in that can play offense and put up some points as a, you know, on a rookie deal will certainly be enticing to the Bruins uh, and whether they want to, you know, have him make the team out of camp. So 23 goals, 30 assists. Um, you know, they, could there be a scenario? Let's say, let's say Bergeron and Krejci move on. Mm-hmm. 
Could there be a scenario where you could put Mikulov with DeBrusque and Marchand and have Zaka with Bertuzzi and Pasternak? I'm, I'm all I'm all for it. I, I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing that on occasion. I feel like that's too much pressure to put on somebody coming right up because, because right. he's, because you know, you put him in that situation, he's got to, those guys are going to play twenty minutes a night. So, true. Um, right. you know, true. I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, um, I guess, I guess it would be Coil, um, just right. based off of who is there. Um, right, right. You know, playing in that spot. They did it the other night with with uh, Bergeron on the lineup. Coyle was there for a little bit, um, right. but I wouldn't mind seeing Coyle there and then giving Merkulov like on the, you know he's the third line center, but then you give him like a few shifts a game there, or maybe right. get some power play time with those guys, and if he can develop something, you know maybe kind of ease him in early in the season, and then you know if he's producing and doing well like in a lesser role, you know you give him a little more and give him a little more and see what he can handle, you know as the season yeah. goes along. Yeah, the other thing is with Mikulov is does he have this? Is his skill set conducive to third line center? You know, Coyle is a very good defensive third-line center. Right. He's a possession guy. Like, is Mikulov the type of third-line center you put out there? Um, that's the other thing. Sometimes sometimes guys' skill sets are for top six, even yeah. though they're not as good as they should be or right. they're not good enough. They still can't – you can't just drop them down to, like, the fourth line because that's more of a grinding defensive – you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't know – you know, it's, it all depends, I guess. He, I guess by all accounts, he's been much better defensively, particularly in the second half of the year here. Like, he's starting to figure that thing out. And Krejci wasn't great defensively when he first came in. And he played second line, third, you know, third line, second line center when he first came into the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he takes that kind of that kind of path, similar to Krejci, where... He's putting up similar type of numbers in the AHL, and he's similarly this type of center, skillful center. And hopefully he has a, you know, Jesus, God bless. I, I'd love him to have a crazy type of career. But Oh, yeah. But, uh, but if he's that type of player, then that's the type of player they'll need, a playmaker at center. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he gets, if he gets a shot next year. Um, all right, week ahead, playoffs begin Monday, April 17th. Game one versus the Florida Panthers at TD Garden at 7 p.m. We will have the post game on our social media, Twitter page, Facebook page, a recap 10 or 15 minutes after the end of that game. And we will do so throughout the playoffs as we did last year. So go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. Please go to the Inside the Rink youtube page and subscribe we'll have all sorts of content and you can see all of our episodes on there please rate and review on apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platform sign up for espn plus at inside the slash espn and download the DraftKings sportsbook app and get your 200 dollars in bonus bets and for now thanks everyone for listening all regular season long it's playoff time Everybody have a great few days. We'll talk to you on Monday night for after game one of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Everybody have a good few days. And go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Here we go, Bruins. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>